0: My dear Miss Temptation, seeing you walk out of that lake in such a manner is a shock indeed. Control yourself, Mr. Darling, and would you please kindly tell me why you are spying on an unaccompanied lady? My apologies, Miss Temptation. I couldn't resist coming to find you in person. I have a very special request before this evening's ball, and, having spoken to your father, he has given me permission to ask you. Oh, my dear Mr. Darling, please go on and ask me what you will my dear miss temptation i would consider it the greatest of honors if you would play the regency setting for chaosium seventh edition of call of cthulhu with me oh i thought you'd never ask yes of course yes a thousand times and we can have our fun with ten percent off at the Chaosium store using the code playhouse 10. you really will be the ideal husband Playhouse 10, you say? Indeed. And with the 10% off code Playhouse 10 from the Miskatonic Playhouse, I feel like quite the catch. Then let's get our copy of the Regency setting and stir up a scandal even the Prince Regent would sneer at. Oh, you are a temptress. Come, my intended. how dice away.
1: Hello and welcome backstage with Andrew Peregrine here at the Miskatonic Playhouse. We have the Chaosium freelance author and author of the upcoming Regency setting book that we're all very very excited about. so Andrew, welcome to the playhouse. Thanks for having me yeah and um do you know that we we've I am as we have, discussed behind closed doors very very excited about uh, regency coming out uh, and the playhouse is very excited um but we've got a lot of excited people and there's uh, some lot of exciting questions so if you're happy to we're just going to jump straight in absolutely okay so our first question is what is it about the regency era setting that you find most interesting And as a little side note, uh, what would be your advice to players and keepers who are maybe playing it for the first time? And this is from Pete, uh, who is one of the the, the backstage team at
2: the Playhouse. Well, it's it's one of those... I mean, I fell in love with the whole setting to a certain degree, so it's kind of everything. Um, And it's been a a long conversation of my relationship with Jane Austen. My actual relationship with Jane Austen, that would be wrong. (laughs) Um, but I, I didn't really get into Jane Austen when I read Pride and Prejudice at school. Um, I got into her with reading Northanger Abbey and that just hooked me. And then from there I kind of, the veil came down and I sort of saw what Jane Austen was actually all about. It's not pretty romance stories, it's deeply biting satire. And you know, when you look at the individual words and where she's put together, the most innocent sentences become the most uh, horrifically biting, scathing <laughs> comments on society. Um, from a gaming point of view what i particularly like about what i say I like and don't like you know i don't like morally but i like as a gamer um is the constrictions of society there are so many rules uh, for men and women although lot more for women yeah. and it's how people work within those that becomes interesting in the game so sort of this ties into giving you advice for it. But while it's very tempting as a multiplayer to go, and it's fine to do this as well, to go, you know what, this is horribly sexist and, you know, I'm going to let women have a bit more freedom. I'm going to, you know, let people, you know, do a bit more of what they want to do and forget all this sort of stuff, Oh, you can't say that to them. Actually, when you keep it in, You get some interesting situations, like you know, you've just seen a Cthulhu monster and you're terrified, and you've you've lost, you know, Niall lost your mind, but you've got to have tea with Lady Bridgewater, so you've got to hold it together, and you can't possibly blurt out in the middle, "There's a monster in your garden," because that would be dreadfully awful, and she might not invite you back to tea anymore. So, holding those things out, how people are trying to hold this. I mean, to a certain degree as well, These this immense passion and enthusiasm yeah. and whatever's going on in them. I looked, because that that's not changed. we a humans. We've been that way all the time. But all this sort of held in, I always think, it leads to greater passions and enthusiasms and things. I mean, this is one of the things in Regency why dancing was so exciting for young people. You think of it, you know, these days, you know, yeah, yeah, we can go to the disco. Yeah, yeah, dancing dance. Yeah. I asked her, she said, yeah, it was great. You know, it's, in, I mean, those sort of things haven't changed, but you forget in Regency times when the shock and shocking, shocking um, new movement at the waltz, where you would actually put your arms around each other, <gasps> oh my God! Um, you know, even if you're, you are know, still like at arm's yeah. length with your arms around each other. The fact that you're in phys- just bare physical contact with a member of the opposite sex was electrical at yeah. that time, given how yeah. separate. So it's all of those things that we don't sort of see so much today, but at the time were quite massive, you know, the the bubbling passions underneath, you know, the things people want to say and they can't say. Um, I mean, even in a lot of Jane Austen novels, you have things like where someone like Darcy, for instance, Pride and Prejudice, doesn't say, oh, I've done this wonderful thing, you're going to think better of me. Elizabeth has to find it out because it's a little bit rude, a little bit um, overdue, like walk in and say, "I'm I'm great, look what I did so it's all of those things where you can't say and you can't speak so often. I mean, persuasion is all about that it's a whole book about yep. that so it's it's those sort of things um, you know that's in, what really hooks into the game
1: and in opposition you know with uh, with mm. with um uh, uh, regency you've you've got this from 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 what we've looked at from what we we've, we've been able to kind of um recognize in terms of that social confines the traps there the playability the options everything you're saying there about these rules they are rules and there are restrictions but those restrictions and rules create such brilliant mm. option options and opportunities to role play yeah. and yeah you know, you're talking about persuasion uh, reassurance you know the, the the whole scandalous nature of everything it's not just as you say i've seen something it's a oh my god this has happened what is
2: society going to think about it and, it, and it's very important as well to know that you know player characters have a tendency to go, oh yeah, but I'm the maverick, I'm the lone wolf, I'm not going to follow these rules. I'm like, I'm like, you, know, you can't. <laughs> do that now. All that gets you in Regency is never invited anywhere. Yeah, you know, it's it's not you know you one one bad you know thing. I'm just going to break the rules. I'm going to do it. The, the only time you particularly see it in the novels and is to my mind Henry Tilney in Northanger Abbey, best Jane Austen heroine. Forget Darcy's he's rubbish. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> today's controversy. Um, but he comes up to um, Catherine in the I think Catherine isn't it? in the when nobody's talking to them in Bath. And says, "Hi, I should introduce myself. I'm Henry. Do you look like you're bored on your own. I should introduce myself without an introduction like, from a without b- an inter- chaperone or a parent." He starts, he starts chatting to this pretty young woman and her mother, and then after oh, "Hell, we're not introduced. We should go and get someone to introduce us." To check that out. You know, that's the regency equivalent of him riding in on a motorbike, throwing on the back, and powering off into the sunset. Yeah, uh, and it's that. I mean, that's how re- rebellious you can get, and everyone's going. But yeah, so you can break the rules yeah. if you're good, and if you're still polite and you still follow all the rest of the rules. But how you navigate that is extremely complicated and designedly so various other reasons of class. Yeah. Things, which you can't do later. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's that anti-player character thing of like, no, no, I'm going to break the rules. No, you're, not. Yeah, <laughs> you're well, really not. Society won't look too
1: fondly on yeah. that. Um, okay, brilliant. Thank you for that, uh, uh, Andrew. Um, so... Um, the next question is from our, one of our many many Reddit uh, users and followers. Uh, this is from Legal Dan, uh, and the question is: Does Chaosium discuss um, for additional resources for settings such as Regency Cthulhu, or is
2: this down to sale numbers? Well, it's, I'm not so much in the inner circle of Chaosium. I know all their, their deep plans. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the Council of Black-Cloaked Figures led by Mike Mason. And
1: they don't know James each other. It's because of the hoods, yeah, the ceremonial the gathering tables. I've never,
2: I've never been party to the Grey Council uh, and their true, true ways. But I, certainly my experience on this book has been a mixture of um, basically Lynn Hardy going, "Oh, regency. Uh, so, yeah. I sent, I sent in, uh, a, there's a long story, it's a long story about a, a friend of mine, we now, because we're very old and we don't really want anything for birthdays, my thing, now we're gearing up to do this again this year, is my friend James um, suggested that we always want to do his birthdays on Halloween. So every year now, my birthday present to him is he picks a setting and I write uh, Cthulhu Adventure, and we play on his birthday, which, you know, it's a very cool birthday, Halloween. We get together and play Cthulhu till midnight. Um, So it's like a straight one-off, and he just picks the setting and then I write, so we've done all kinds, we've done Roman, we've done Regency, we've done all kinds of other, we're doing space alien stuff. Nice. And um, so I had this bank of scenarios, and I I passed some of the details on to Lynn to say, are any of these interests? I thought, actually, I've got all these adventures. They might actually be publishable. Some people might like them, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, And I'm a big fan of Regency because I've Mm -hmm. been working on another book that I still haven't produced. I've been looking back know. Sorry, it's nigh on finished. I, mean, I can't quite actually to finish it off called Man a monstrosity, And uh, so one of the, the adventures I pitched to Lynn was Fujitsu. And she went, oh, oh, because Lynn's a massive. Yes, regent. yes.
1: And we are actually going to be speaking to lynn as well so it's lovely yeah. that we've got the opportunity to speak to both of you as well so amazing exactly.
2: so and lynn is amazing anyway so so it's um so she took this on and it was originally going to be a sort of pamphlet with a little bit with my extra notes you know one like one-off booklet adventures and uh, and they got a bit into it and went and then lynn get back came back to me and said could you actually expand it a little bit with more stuff and yeah. another adventure yeah. So, and we'll make it a book. I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I can do that. I can do that. Amazing. And of course, Lynn's got excited by it as well, and she's added a whole swathe of things as well. Yeah. So, we've got the village, and she's added bits, and she's fiddled with it as well. So, there's loads of extra stuff from from what I created as well. Um, and the book just developed from there. So, it's, I think, to a certain degree, we, there's that element of uh, with Bridgeton being popular at the moment. Yeah. It's a good time to do a regency book. But we've also had a lot of Regency in gaming, I at, Because when it because when I was doing my management on book, I would have been the first if I'd got it out there in time. There's a moral for you. And just <laughs> as I was about to get sorted, um, Story Brewers created Good Society, Just stunning work. Um, if you're Regency Spanish, check it out. But it completely pulled the wind out of myself. I was like, ah. Yeah, they've done and they've done it really well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's my book even I mean, mine is very different, mine's more horror oriented. Yeah. Um but it's those sort of things go, right, well I'll I'll hold on for a little bit and I'll do some more work on it and then you know and, So uh, and yeah, and there's and every time there's something else, Regency comes up. So I was yeah. sitting on the pile of Regency um material and research that I've been doing beforehand. So this is quite a quick one to do. And of course we were also I think at the time in the midst of lockdown. So yes uh, the, yeah. I was one of the very lucky, I mean, I kept myself very, very lucky in this category. that I was one of the writers who was happy at that time, just locked myself in my computer. And I was actually quite prolific during lockdown. But I know oh, normal no. just were so strict, they just couldn't write, they just couldn't do it. So I kept myself very lucky to have been able to still focus and uh, and have the time because my work, I wasn't going to go work in theatre any time during
1: lockdown. Yeah, exactly. So
2: I, you know, thank you, I was furloughed and I had the option to just be a full-time games writer for a year. And um, and we, yeah, cracked into it. That and sounds done. amazing. Which,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. in that sense, it was. That's way, how was you do lockdown. That's how you it. do lockdown.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but I do know an awful lot of other writers. Like I can't write. i'm I, My brain's just buzzed all the yeah. stuff. Going on. I can't do it. For me, it was the way of of shutting down. I I could go into Regency yeah. or or in my case, Opera House, another game that I, um, theatre role playing game that I put together. Oh wow! been for like. You know 20 years in my back burner yeah and i just sat down because again theater being in crisis at the time still not too far off um i i was like this felt like a thing i wanted to do for it so um so yeah i got quite prolific in that one
1: just jumping back on that then so um I mean, as you say, you, you don't have uh, perhaps one of the hooded robes at the, uh, the, the yes. annual uh, Chaosium yeah. meeting uh, uh, led by uh, the wonderful Mike Mason. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think you've kind of answered the question there in, in that you've addressed Regency has this as a, as a genre, as a setting, as a point of interest, as in a contemporary point of societal interest. I think it just there. It just ticks over. So um, I've got two questions now, and they're almost a bit, little bit linked, uh, Andrew. Mm-hmm. They are actually from some of our cast members. So the Miskatonic Playhouse is Cults and Culpability. Uh, mm-hmm. This is our, our podcast that we're going to have running, um, uh, um, and it should be out now. So check it out, listeners. Um, Lydia, who plays uh, Charlotte Lambert, uh, has asked, when researching for the book, uh, The Regency Cthulhu, what was something about the period that surprised you? But as an additional question, because I, I really think that they do link here. So uh, Phaedra um, has asked us, uh, Phaedra uh, is, um, she's one of our, our kind of players and she plays uh, Anastasia Prido uh, This is the kind of the family that we follow, the Prido family. Mm-hmm. And she's asked you, in terms of that research, what surprised you? She's asking, what was one of the most sinister things that you uncovered with your research? And is it in the book?
2: Oh, yes. Well, the, the surprising thing is, is kind of a, a weird statistic that I noticed. I was looking up, uh, and it's, it was almost like some, just simply disappointing. I did find in one of the books I was reading, it had detail on the percentages of the wealthy, the aristocracy, the middle class. Because as we know, um, Jane Austen, everyone likes to think that if they were in the Regency, they'd be just like Jane Austen's characters. Now, sadly, you probably wouldn't. Um, <laughs> Most people are unspeakably poor, living in, you know, muddy villages uh, on other people's lands. Jane Austen's characters are massively privileged, um, and not even middle class, but actually, because there is no real middle class at this point, it, they are the, the bottom end of the nobility. And, uh, and I wonder what the statistics are, because of course, the Jane Austen characters are beholden to the, the actual nobility, the really big landowners, the really wealthy ones. And I found this table that sort of percentageized the population, and quite interestingly, the, the what we consider Jane Austen's characters are in the top six percent. But I also noticed the nobility was the one percent, and I thought, wow, wow, things haven't changed since <laughs> you know, two or three hundred years, and it's still the one percent. They're yeah. no bigger, they're no smaller. It's the same same numbers, um, wow. same people. So that one was a little bit of oh yeah. Yeah, in one sense, not really a surprise, but a surprise at the same time. Well, I
1: suppose if you're keepering wow. regency, you know, if someone's out there and they've just bought the book, uh, and they're keepering, it's it's a it's a good parallel to have, a good parallel to contemporary society yeah. is to, is to kind of go, do you know what? Obviously, uh, technology, uh, etiquette. There are there are huge differences and great role playing things to jump into, but mm. in terms of the the state of the nation or the state of the class system. Mm there are some, you know, there's similarities there that we can build upon and you can pull out. And, and obviously that class system can, it can uh, bring about it a very lovely kind of conflict, something for characters to kind yeah. of explore. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to um, jump to our last question now. Uh, and the last question is... Um, or maybe second to last, I might ask you one, being selfish. Sure. Uh, the, 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 the question here from Stu, he's, he's, our, he's our producer at the, the Miskatonic Playhouse. Uh, he says, are there uh, any other time periods that you would like to see as a Call of Cthulhu setting?
2: Oh, all of them. Um, so <laughs> many I, I love to squash about because One of my favourite Cthulhu adventures ever was one by Marcus, Al- Marcus Rowland called The Last Log. There was a science fiction one. That was where you would landed on this uh, planet, where the, an old survey expedition had not had stopped uh, sending a signal, and you—you're the rescue team. And it, there's, there's only one kuduna monster in it, but it's brilliant. the Atmosphere, oh, it's oh, fantastic. Wow. Okay, um, I've always wanted to do an a thing where you get out into space as humans, and that's where you can find where the biaki actually are. And all the other bits and pieces, you know, space meat becomes actually it might become a scientific potion you can do stuff with. If if you actually get out there and discover, oh, these things are real, and we have to interact with them. Yeah. Um. And it's not a mystery. It's not oh, you know, oh, there may be Cthulhu monsters. No, they're on there. We've been to Mars. It, it's full of them. It's scary. Uh, we need to do something about that. <laughs> so it would be a really interesting. Okay, that does sound yeah, and that, sound, is, yeah, well, and that sounds the bad. kind of thing that mm-hmm. because of the scope
1: of it as well, there could be yeah. so much fun with longer, long, longer form stories. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to sneak my my question in here then, and this is taking us back to Regency Cthulhu. Um, there are some amazing new mechanics skills uh, in Regency Cthulhu, the 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 source book, the setting mm-hmm. book. Um, I love the the uh, reputation uh system i love the ranking of reputation and that that it is a changing fixture in the game depending on how you behave and if you have good reputation bad reputation you can get bonus die or or penalty die uh but for you um what's your favorite new what what is it what's the the new thing that you bring to call of cthulhu what's your favorite new feature
2: well it's it's a mixture i like playing with credit rating because that was that was a lovely skill to just that was already there that you can start then balancing out what people can do and what monetary power people because of course people don't really use money you went off to go and you know you just went to a shop and said we'll have this and you know send us the bill and then got really angry when they actually did send you the bill because it's like you're (laughs) suggesting i don't pay my bills well you haven't for two months so i yeah Uh, would you mind sir paying your bills (laughs) away with you young sir (laughs) you know how um, rude it's how rude, how terribly rude. These people who are obsessed with money. They are obsessed <laughs> with money. So he needs to feed his family. Um, so, yeah, it's one <laughs> of those sort of things I love, love working in. Uh, but I must admit the, the thing that I am most excited about, and this sounds probably pretty odd, is is there's a new character sheet for it. Um uh, I don't know. I don't know why this. Is. Other people might think this is very strange. Other people might think, of course, this is. But the idea that something of mine has created a new character sheet for Call of Cthulhu with a slightly different skill list and maybe yeah. a different order around it and and the whole whole thing to it, I am I'm so excited about that. I can I cannot tell you. It's like yeah, yeah the books coming out. Yeah, it's great. It's so really just good. <laughs> Like character sheet, that's going to be like on character sheet places and This is the Regency character sheet. If you want this one, um, I'm really excited about you know, that. I can yeah. see that. I, I can see very wrong, but
1: no, I can see the logic. The setting book, yeah, in, you know, and it is going to. It is a wonderful book, and yeah, you know, it, the...
2: it, I'm a Cthulhu fan, so yeah. it's like
1: I love this game. But the, um, yeah, the keepers and collectors, yeah, sort of... you get the setting book, but the player, everyone's mm-hmm. going to be affected by Regency yes. because your player sheet is there and it's unique and new Our skills and things. So yeah.
2: It's not just like my one, you know, road out the skills or something. <laughs> like, there, they're on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay,
2: that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing.
1: Well, uh, if you are, I mean, you're listening to this because uh, you wanted to listen to Andrew Peregrine, and you hopefully you're there because you're going, Regency Cooler is going to be amazing. And it. Yeah is we are here to confirm that it is it's a fantastic new um adaptation on some of those skills new new kind of trackers uh and actually really active ones as well which i really like uh, in the game There's, as a, you know the example of reputation um so get out there get a copy and uh, you know get playing it's absolutely amazing and you can uh, go onto to the um chaosium website and get yourself a copy there thank you very much andrew absolutely oh, lovely to have you, you here and um, you, yeah. we'll speak to you soon also listeners please check out our podcast on the Matinee channel uh, that's our very own Miskatonic Playhouse Cults and Culpability
2: mm-hmm.
1: thank you very much as we draw the curtain on tonight's performance we thank you for joining us and look forward to inviting you back to the Miskatonic Playhouse in the meantime you can also find us in the links below and if you'd like to submit your scenario for us to play
2: email MiskatonicPlayhouse at gmail.com